Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk about the WNBA free agency, the Australian Open's first round, and the national team's roster announcements. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. We are live from the Beauties Sports Desk. Another week. So much to talk about. Cowie, how was your week? My week was good, buddy. It's uh, it's always nice when the weekend comes and I can not work and oh. podcast with you. Yeah, 100%. Feels good. I love the studio. I love that when we come here, it's like, I love it. All sports, all the time. Yeah, how was your week? It was good. Good. Lots of stuff going on, so it made it interesting. Yeah. Keeping up with all this is is. A lot of stuff going on. My camera roll is just a bunch of screenshots. Honestly. Yeah, when I see stuff, I screenshot it so I don't forget it. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun. PHF was on TSN. I know. There's so much. Super fun. But what I keep, I love the Australian Open. And with it starting tomorrow, I'm, it's all I'm thinking about. I know. The, the annoying part for me with the Australian Open is all I wanted to tell you was like the time of day. Yeah. Super hard to find. Not that it matters. I mean, you go on your TV and you'll figure yeah. it out, search it, and it's there. But I'm excited, too. I'm excited to see. I really, I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm rooting for Ashley Barty. Oh, I know. I would love to see her win at home. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I think that that would be, when you think about the level of talent that that's, that's at the Australian Open, and you are ranked, well, she was ranked number one in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like she is at the top of her game on home turf. You bet. Like it's time to go. And we were talking a lot too about like, where's Naomi? Where's Naomi? Like we got to make sure she's there. And that was really cool to see that she's got, she's in it. Yeah. She's, she's, she's got a match slated for the first round. Absolutely. She's playing Camilla Orsorio, ranked 53rd overall from Colombia. So that's going to be a great match just to, just to see her back in it. Because, you yeah. know, she took a little bit of a break there and, you know, everybody's obviously rooting for her, mm-hmm. wanting to get her back on the court. So seeing that, seeing that the Australian Open starts, like it's blowing my mind how fast this month is going. <laughs> we're already at the, well, we're past the halfway point at this point now. Yeah. And there's so much has happened already. Like WA, WNBA free agency was happening, yeah. huge signing in the uh, NWSL. Like we have ton the national um women's hockey team roster Rosters. being announced yeah what a week like it was crazy no shortage same as last week right it's like we, you feel like there would be a bit of a lull just because there's not a ton of live sports or it hasn't been in the last two weeks but ncaa basketball has just been fire and like march madness this year is going to be insane super fun and we've got a, like, not for this episode, but for one coming up, we're going to be talking about betting when it comes to March Madness, too. So we're going to be talking a lot about that as well. How to how to get some money in the game here. <laughs> how to make sure you're putting some money behind your bracket. I I'm, know. So we're going to do that because there so, there's been so much basketball happening. But another really cool thing was in tennis, Fernandez, when she signed not only with Lulu. Yeah. Like, this kid's life. I can't even imagine what's happening with her right now because she just signed with Gatorade. Yeah. So she's going to be looking the best, 
hydrated, feel, yeah. <laughs> feeling the best. And you know, we talked about that in, in relation to we saw some stuff come out. It was really on social media around that was the top ten highest paid female athletes mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. And that's the kind of stuff that it wouldn't shock me that we see a, a Layla Fernandez next year on that list. Oh, absolutely. And doing a lot of the right things. Doing And building the brand. Yeah. And that's like, I think you've got some stats there too, just on the difference of what women are making on and off the court, on and off the course for, you know, the LPGA players as well. But it seems there's, there's a big push and and people are clearly resonating with personal brands mm-hmm. like they're high level athletes they're performing at the top of their game and they're making money for they're making them. yeah they're making like, peanuts for their uh abilities in sports yeah like, in comparison to what they're making off the court and that they again it goes back we've talked about it for a few episodes back to that NIL ruling in the NCAA right where they can actually get money for you know who they are and their own personal brand we like the top 10 list starts at number 10 with candace parker and she makes 200k of her 5.7 million on the court yeah and then if we go all the way to the top of the list because we don't need to go through this whole thing naomi osaka making 57.3 million dollars last year and only 2.3 million of that came from the court like 55 off when you when you're like, say you're a prospect tennis player. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay. Yeah. Where's the money? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you obviously need to be performing because how you get those deals is by getting in the spotlight yeah. of those tournaments. Yeah. Like, Naomi beating Serena Williams back in the day in that huge, when, like, the whole yeah. crowd was booing her and Serena <laughs> had to be like, okay, everybody, like, yeah, I'm allowed to lose. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. this I'm can't happen too. anymore, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. And, you know, even with what probably has happened with Emma Raducanu's life. Yeah, I know. You know, and there is an element to here of, you see it a lot with with every sport. You, It's almost like it's the reverse when you're an athlete. You get all your money when you're young. Yeah. And then it kind of peters out because you can't play your whole life, whereas the average person works their whole life to have money at the end of their life. So it's like the flip-flop. Right. So you just hope that they're surrounded by really good people. And because uh, those two women are, especially with Fernandez and Raducanu and what they were able to do in the U.S. Open last year, like, well, like, like that was that was history. It was history. Right. This list also like shocked me, too, as a Canadian person who, um, you know, hockey is so dominant here. And the seventh highest female athlete is a badminton player. Shemindia, name's PV Sindhu. She made seven point two million dollars last year. Two hundred thousand of what shit came from her sport, seven million off. But a name that like here we've never heard of. She's medaled in each of the last two Olympic games. Wow. Super yeah. cool. That's what I love about sports. Oh, totally. Is that like, you know, we hear uh, feels like three quarters of our year we talk about hockey in this country. And there are sports like badminton and like we're going to see in the Olympics that people are making a, a an absolute killing at yeah. $7.2 million for being one of the world's best badminton players. Yeah. Wild. And uh, my nephew actually sent me a tweet the other day of a disc golf player, because mm-hmm. he's really big into that, who made 500 k last year. 
Yeah, and I always thought like five hundred k disc golf was disc just, golfing. Yeah, because we've got like parks in Winnipeg here that have disc golf. And yeah, just, tons. There's a there, there's apparently like this huge league. So it's it just starts to raise the question of like you were just mentioning hockey, mm-hmm. right? Um, basketball, soccer, mm-hmm. like. When are these team sports, because it's the same with golf, golf, these women are able to build up their personal brand where when you're in a team setting, you're in the team setting, right? Like you think about even, even in the NHL, if we just go back to that, like the, the guys already come up and this is the same thing kind of going off that Jerry, uh, D tweet Mm -hmm. was like Connor Bedard. Yep. He is creating his brand right now because he's going into um, the NHL and Mm -hmm. he's going to play at a high level and he's going to have a brand worth paying for. Yep. Just like um, Connor McDavid, just like Jack Eichel, just like all these guys that have, you know, incredible brands before they go into it. We're doing our girls such a disservice by not allowing them to showcase at a really high level to create that brand. I would say the only girl, well, girls that are getting this right now are Sarah Fillier and Emma Maltese. And, it, oh yeah, no, that's great points. And it's it was it's also interesting to me when you compare the top 10 male list to the top 10 female list in that, to your point, as a, as a female athlete, it appears in today's world that the best way to to make a, a really big paycheck is in an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, outside of Connor, Connor McGregor was number one on the list, but Messi, number two, Ronaldo, number three, Prescott, four, LeBron James, five, all of the rest are in team sports and mm-hmm. on the men's side. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't, you know, we don't see Roger Federer comes in after those that I just named tennis yeah. player. Lewis Hamilton after him as an F1 driver. And then the last two on the list, Tom Brady and Kevin Durant, both team sports. Yeah. Like it's really just, interesting difference between male and female there. Absolutely. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see, um, the, like the Australian open. I, I love it. It's such a great tournament. Um, and to see Naomi compete again, I think is really cool. Seeing, the success of Fernandez and Raducanu. I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be really interesting to watch their careers unfold and how they handle all the stuff that we were just talking about, but continuing to play at a high level. Yeah. Like Serena Williams has proven that you can be in the spotlight, play at a really, and a really high level, and then continue to pursue your life as an individual. And I just hope that they're surrounded by good people um, to do that. Because if you look, so Poulin, like Mary Philip Poulin off mm-hmm. the national team, gave yeah. a little shout out to Leila Fernandez to be like, hey, welcome to the Gatorade team. I love that. You know, and um, I think I think that cross sport is really going to be eye opening for them to start talking with one another. Like, hey, what's going on on your side? How much like where are you making your money? Right. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to start to really create the sense of like you get Fernandez, Poulin and Beckers. Mm hmm. Because they're all Gatorade sponsored athletes now, yeah. like sick. And it's sick. it's super fun to see that all of these, you know, major brands are recognizing the value of athletes. Yeah. Right. 
um, because we talked about that in one of our, our previous episodes with um, the fan project. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it been proven. It There's data behind it. And now, yeah, it's so nice to see. And, and I think as we start to have these more recognizable athletes that are sponsored by these major brands that every household has awareness to, that brings naturally brings that storytelling, brings that fan base, and then can help create that foundation of infra- infrastructure and pay the women and men, pay the athletes more for their actual, you know, athletic ability versus, you know, really seeking financial payment from sponsorships and partnerships. Yeah. And I would encourage every human to go look at the fan project it was created and founded by angela ruggiero who is a usa hockey legend Mm -hmm. she is that yep you know and and somebody who just has that passion she's proven that there's a fluid fan Mm -hmm. you know people um they look at and find women's sports differently yep it's not your standard way of pursuing and watching sports and we we know that. No, That's totally. what we do every day. We yeah, have to we were find just a stre- unique way. We were just streaming from here to the TV. Yeah. <laughs> to watch uh, a PHF game. Yeah, she's and they also have a podcast, Fluid Fan. So if you are not much of a reader or you don't want to do yeah. that kind of research, you can always tune into their podcast, which is a really informative place. Yeah. And like I just I think it's really important that we continuously talk about money surrounding women's sports mm-hmm. because it's one of the things that we have to debunk is that there's no money in it and there <laughs> and there really is yeah. you know there really yeah. really is like when you look at Becky Hammond yeah right five-year deal Las Vegas coming from the Spurs signs a legendary highest paid you mystery know, deal <laughs> mystery deal we're, we're trying Becky we're trying to find it, but we can't find it, head coach and GM. So, you know, this five-year contract, highest paid coach in WNBA history, she she's making good money. Clearly. Right? And then even the transfer into, you know, all the negotiations going on right now yep. in the WNBA free agency frenzy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been fun to Twitter is a fun place. I know you. It's it's uh, funny to me that you've really learned that in the last few <laughs> weeks. I feel like I've spent hours on Twitter, and mostly for my own for like work, right? Um, but it is a fun place because there's a ton of information, and it's so easily accessible. Oh yeah, um, that especially if you have you know if you follow the right accounts that are of interest to you. Yeah, it, ton of info on there. There's tons, and just scrolling through all this stuff, and obviously. Um, Core players being announced, mm-hmm. uh, Jewel Lloyd, Jonquel Jones, um, like no brainer. Like yeah. I, I'm surprised that that is even a storyline. You yeah. know what I mean? Because Connecticut would be crazy to lose the, you know, MVP of last season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many, like, if you get into the nuances of the sports, right? Like the restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, core players. You, every team in the league is only allowed to core a player. And there are some, like, nuances that can happen in there. So if, you know, if a player is cored by a team and then that player is traded and the, the team that is receiving that player from trade has a cored player, that second one doesn't count. Um, the WNBA CBA, I've 
done some reading inside of there, and there's some rules that are going to be changing on how long you can core players. Uh, I think now in the 2022 season, that moves to two years. And essentially, it I, I like what it does. And I, I think there's a lot of education that we could put forward towards understanding um, all of that negotiation process. Because when you think about that level of business structure that exists in there, uh, it, from us, from a fan perspective, it's like, yeah, sign my favorite player. Yeah. And when, <laughs> and when you have salary caps and restrictions and, and free agency periods, and, you know, even though free agency has already started, they can't actually sign contracts until February 1st. There's so many little fine details that make sport to me as a, a really analytical person makes sports super, super fun. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, mentioning to Clea Copper from Chicago Sky is also mentioned as a core player, which obviously those three would be no brainers. But when you're looking at a team like Seattle, Sue mm-hmm. resigning, Sue, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously everybody would assume, okay, but you're going to sign Lloyd, but then leave Stewie out there. And it's like, okay, but Stewie is clearly just going to stay. Like she's referenced Seattle as home, but this is where I would love to see like, you know, battles of negotiations. Like you can't tell me that a team like Atlanta wouldn't want Stewie. What are you going to pay? What are you going to pay for Stewie? Right. This is where I, I love that. I love that whole dynamic behind the scenes of like, Let's kind of battle for these women now, yeah. you know? Well, and and we talked about, uh, before we hit record today, just the fact that Phoenix doesn't have a head coach. And then you think about that in the perspective of free agency and does not having a head coach as you go into free agency, like what kind of impacts mm-hmm. does that have, right? They've got, I, I think the, the stat that I read was 64% of the salary cap um, with Phoenix is tied up in Griner, Tarasi, Diggin Smith and Hartley. Oh, that doesn't surprise me so at all. So 64% of your salary cap in four players. Yeah. And then you still have people on your roster like Kia Nurse. That's that you I, still exactly. need to exactly. pay, make sure because like she, she's she's worth the money. Yeah. Right. She's worth the habit in the roster. But it oh, I don't know. When you think of like all these teams like the Mystics and the Wings, like the Mystics getting the first overall pick this mm-hmm. year. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how does that change mm-hmm. what they're thinking yep. uh, when it comes to um, who they're signing? And Connecticut also uh, re-signs uh, Natasha Hyman, which I think is a really smart play for them. Um, she was just such a powerful guard. Reminds me in some ways of Courtney Vandersloot, but... Um, <laughs> favorite player she's just unbelievable she's so good tell us Um, more tell us about it she signs a (laughs) one year (laughs) i could go on for days about courtney vandersloot it's not even funny which and then ali quigley is on the unrestricted like yeah which that kind of comes as a package deal there you got to think think. but who knows well who knows who knows the the oh my gosh why is her name she just signed head coach in New York. Yeah, no, I know we husband. talked about that. Yeah, Sandy Brandello. Sandy Brandello and, yeah, yeah. and her husband, you know, if the money's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the long distance marriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you in the off season. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Hyman signs for a one year deal for 72 thou. Um, 
I'm a big fan of that signing. I think it's a no-brainer. They, When you have people on your roster like Jonquil Jones playing with somebody like Hyman, you're you're setting yourself up for a really structured, disciplined veteran team. Like, really, really positive when it comes to um, Megan Gustafson returns to Washington on a training camp contract. So going into her second scene with the Mystics and her fourth year in the WNBA, um, she just has gone to a training camp contract. Mm -hmm. And it's the same for, I read it for... Um, Shay Petty. Mm. Shay Petty just went for, they offered her a deal and she went for a training camp. No kidding. So it's like, people are thinking they want to, they want to be on championship teams. Oh yeah. hundred percent. you look at some of the, you know, interesting things where we've got some teams that have no one under contract. We've got teams like, I think the Liberty has 12 players on contract. Mm-hmm. And so and back to what I was saying of this unrestricted and restricted free agency, like there, I, I, there's so much potential, even when we've got where we think people are in lock because salary cap things play into it. Yeah. Super cool. Um, and then John Quill Jones signs a, a huge blockbuster for the WNBA. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Signs a huge deal rightfully deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Allie Quigley didn't beat her out in the three pointer competition at the All Star game, she may have won every award last year. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're if, not if wrong. she doesn't win, if she wins that, it's like okay, she won MVP. Yeah, you know she she was so dominant. Yeah. last year yeah. that uh, man, I cannot wait. I'm happy. I'm happy she signed for big money. She deserves it, and it because now when women in the league see it. Okay. She's a natural talent. She's six, six, mm-hmm. like she's a beast, Yep. but it just, it, it has that awareness of when you push, when you get those awards, when things like that happen, yeah, it matters. commissioner cut money, mm-hmm. it matters. It's a big deal. It's a big push in the right direction. So yeah. you start to see it and you start to see it happen a lot more. It encourages people to be a part of it. It yep. encourages storylines. It encourages so many different things. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of women signing big money contracts. Oh, man, me too. They, and that's one thing, the WNBA, you know, they've got their CBA um, that is just now two years old, but it goes out to 2027. And I like that you can see the progression of the salary cap from now until 2027. And so having these big contracts like that, it's just a back to that, like, take another step up the ladder, right? Where we're starting to inch closer to what we're accustomed to in male sports, where we see more money, athletes locked in for long-term contracts with big dollars. Like, I I mean, yeah, I love it too. Yeah. So as we move throughout the rest of the month, watching where women are signing the, the, contract date is the signing date where they can actually put pen to paper is February 1st. So we'll be watching for all of that um, as we head throughout the month, because there has also been, you know, a big signing in the NWSL, San Diego Mm -hmm. wave. I am so pumped for these two teams next year. Like I'm excited for the (laughs) NWSL as a whole, because we always watch it and love it. But the San Diego wave and Angel FC, like, 
Angel City. Sorry, Angel City FC. Yeah. Um, man, like they are, they're getting people from, players from everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's not like, okay, we're going to look and we're going to see what's happening in the NWSL or whatever. They signed Sophia Jacobson. Yeah, I know. That's huge. And to add that to Alex Morgan, so you've got an elite elite level mm -hmm. Swedish striker yeah. that's going to come and join Alex Morgan in San Diego. And the movement, I love the movement from Europe into the NWSL. Yeah, I think that's too. that speaks volumes of what they're um, doing in the NWSL. Yeah. Also probably helps that it's San Diego and not like a, you know, yeah. old climate place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> even like last year with Nadim going to um, racing Louisville. Yeah. And then if this isn't beauty status, I don't know what is. Not like pro player, like, like I would say, I would say their franchise player. I'd go as far as saying that that's sure. her status. Mm -hmm. Just becomes a doctor. <laughs> like, just as like, yeah, no, I'm going to become a doctor too at the same time. Yeah. Playing pro sports, being a doctor, it literally takes away all excuses for all of us in the entire world <laughs> of anything. Yeah, there's no such thing as I don't have time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she comes back, dominates, racing Louisville, huge pickup. They did mm -hmm. like this whole sick video for her like because it was it's a big deal for yeah. her to come from europe and then go to racing louisville who i would put i would put racing louisville jerseys in top five you're a me. big jersey person i'm a huge like, i love it you amped up the connecticut whale jerseys yeah and then i know you like angel city jerseys you thought they were super clean super fresh <laughs> and i am also a big fan of the Washington Mystics Rise <laughs> jerseys. Uh, I, they're fire. <laughs> they're so nice. And racing Louisville, same thing. Like, they're so nice. So, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. But I've had this conversation so many times with people. Like, people want to buy nice things. They yeah, want your no, logo to you. be nice. And I'm like, oh, man. That they're, I would, I would, that's what we're going to put. We're gonna all get your jerseys. All the, no, we're gonna get like an all jersey like this wall. is gonna end up being a wall of Courtney Vandersloot. Yeah, <laughs> just one of those. You know, how kids have the decal. Yeah, like the big basketball player, just but it's a just big curved. Courtney Vandersloot on the back. I mean, hey, I'm down. Yeah, I I'm know down. you are. I'm down. I'm get well her aware. Up there. I'm well aware. Get her up there. So, <laughs> I just th I like. I'm excited for definitely the movement. There's so much opportunity for, like, we were talking about the the prospect division, yeah. right? Like, when you, if you are an elite level soccer player in the world, mm -hmm. you have so much opportunity. Soccer's wild. It's wild to me. I love, I mean, I, I do think that there's lessons that we can learn, but the accessibility of soccer is what has always made it so special to right. And it's been around for a long, long time. But they have so many pathways for people to pursue. And we're starting to see the movement between those pathways, which is awesome. Yeah, soccer. Like, when we were looking, it's like I'm talking you're scrolling pages of your computer to see all of the opportunities. Where, where if we talk about the PHF, like, that's just not a thing. Right. It's just not. It's not the same. And And they're attached with big clubs. Like. Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're attached to huge clubs. Yeah. Arsenal, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. They're 
they're big. Yeah, names they're that big. are have been recognized in soccer forever. Absolutely. Yeah. So if I were to ask you, yeah, how many tickets you think Barcelona has sold to their next match or to the Women's Cup Championship League quarter final against Madrid? How many tickets do you think they would have sold in a 48-hour time span? Oh, man. 48-hour. I mean, you're up. I'm picturing the jumping stands. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, oh, are they going to break? Yeah. And I think about here, 15,000. I don't know, like 50,000. 70,000. 70,000 tickets to the club's women's championship league quarterfinal against Real Madrid. No shit. 70,000. Wow. And people can say... 70. They, hey. People don't care about sports. It's, I'm not buying it. Yeah, no, that's a hard one to argue with. 70,000, like, A, that makes me so nervous again of the stand, 70,000 yeah. people in the same place. I thought <laughs> no. I was outrageous at 50. I'll be honest, I thought I was outrageous at 50. Yeah. I was, like, thinking about the the MTA, or what is it, Canada Life Center? 15,000, yeah. you know, yeah, doing yeah, like yeah. some quick math. I'm like, oh, 50 is a stretch goal. 70? Could you imagine? That's amazing. Walking out. I want to go. All I want to do is go to this game. Mm-hmm. 70,001, 70,002, yeah. Addy and Cowie. We'll share a seat. Well, yeah, That's I'll fine. sit on your lap. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> you know, okay it's, it. it's a, like, as an athlete, those are the moments you'll remember for oh, the rest of your life. I would, like, what a cool feeling. Oh, you're walking out and they always do the cute thing where they're holding the kid's yeah. hand and then the ref comes and grabs the soccer ball and you walk out in two lines and you have 70 Thousand. thousand people screaming. That's amazing. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm not buying this anymore of people saying, oh, no one's going to spend money on women. I'm yeah. out. You know, I'm agreed. out. 70, I'm, I'm with the 70,000 people that bought <laughs> tickets to yeah. go watch and this I'm, game. And, and if it was in 48 hours, there's a lot more people that would like to go. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Great point. So it's what a... Super cool. Yeah, soccer is so awesome. We should start up. I know we got a lot of, th- like, we're going to have no wall space. We're gonna but have- <laughs> we need a bucket list. Yeah. This, that's on it. That, the bucket list. That's you, what we got to figure out right list. by our, we got our jar and our trophy wall. <laughs> yeah. And we got our jersey wall and our Vandersloot oh, yeah. thing. It's, maybe it's she growing. Maybe she's dunking our bucket list. Oh. She can't dunk. Oh, she's yes, short. She's, I mean, for the WNBA, she's short. Compared to us, she's tall. Us? <laughs> She's towering <laughs> us big time. Yeah. So it's, uh, that was really, really cool to see. And then even, even with that huge game, like 70,000 people, it'd be so fun. I know. Um, we did get the announcement that the PHF All-Star game has been changed from Toronto to Buffalo, which we called last yeah. week. Yeah. We knew it. Like, we live in Canada. We know exactly what was going to happen there. So yeah, it's too. It's too. I find it too bad. Like we talked about that last episode. There's a lot of Canadian nuances that they had in their planning of the All Star Game being in Toronto. The jerseys have a map of Toronto on them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job. I thought of just tweaking that logo a little bit. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. took out the CN Tower and put the uh, the Buffalo Electric Tower. Tower or something. It was called. <laughs> Uh, in Buffalo, um, they are going to keep the jerseys. 
as is, I read. So they still will be a map of Toronto and a little ode to their original plans. I also did see, um, what's her name? Tyler Chimenea? Yeah. Something that, like the that. The uh, Kamish Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> the Commissioner Tyler. of the PHF. Commissioner Tyler. Yeah. She did uh, say that it'll be back in Toronto in 2023. So. Yeah. That's good. I, I appreciate that level of commitment because I think there was a lot of really excited people there and, and across Canada as well. So I'm glad that the t- the players get to enjoy a All-Star game with fans. Yeah. I really am. And I'm glad fans get to enjoy an All-Star game because that wouldn't have happened if it held, had been held in Toronto. So. Yeah. No, that's uh, – we we knew it was kind of heading that way and mm-hmm. – and we honestly thought it was going to be between Buffalo or Boston, right? Like we thought that it was going to be between those two and the, they went with Buffalo. So that was, that was cool to, to, you're right. To see that they, they didn't just go, okay, we're going to delay, delay. It's like, no, let's, let's keep this on track. The women um, deserve this game. They've worked for it. Um, They did the whole draft for it. Like it's, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's still the end of the month, so we still have a little bit towards it. So there was, there was some PHF games this weekend. Um, we had the Toronto Six, the Buffalo Buttes, and the Riveters, and Connecticut mm-hmm. going head-to-head, doubleheader. Yeah, we tuned, the to, we tuned into those yesterday. You and I were texting a little bit back and forth. Accessibility on those was nice. It was on Twitch. And actually, uh, here in Canada, we watched the Saturday game on the 15th between Toronto and Buffalo on TSN, which was super, super, super nice. Um, this afternoon's game, honestly, all games this weekend were an absolute blowout. <laughs> <laughs> there's no uh, there's no easier way to put I it. Was they just were gonna just say, a blowout, all of them. I was them. just going to say, when you look at the roster in which Toronto 6 is, man, it's hard to think that they're not going to win it this year. Like, right just now. being blatant out there, Calling it what it is. Yeah. They've got the goaltending. They've got the razzle dazzle up they got front. The they got the yeah. They just like they're super well rounded team. Yeah. And even today in in the the game uh here this afternoon, they started slow. It was three two for Buffalo after the first period. Mm-hmm. And then they scored with like, I don't know, twenty four seconds into the second period and then two minutes in the second period. And then it ended up being an eight three game. Yeah, it's almost like they just like I don't know. We're teasing Buffalo. That sounds awful to say. Yeah, but but honestly, like in the the night before, it was six one, six one. Connecticut, Connecticut <laughs> beat uh, the Riveters five one as well. Like there was just a lot of stompings that happened this weekend. Yeah. Also interesting to me too with the move to Buffalo, um, back to the All Star game. So. Buffalo originally had four players in the All-Star game. All of the fan-voted players were from Buffalo. That puts them at eight players. There's more players from Buffalo mm-hmm. than almost any other, I think, any other team. Maybe Boston has eight, actually. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, that's good. They got local representation, but. Yeah, I think that there was definitely a a, a local spin on that, if you will. That mm, yeah. Trying to. Uh, get more Buffalo Buttes into the mix for sure because looking at looking at the Toronto Six, what they have to offer, like um, you know, Toronto, Connecticut at the top of the standings right now, like they're they're 
those two teams are pretty dominant. Mm-hmm. You get really, um, really high level players when you get to Boston too, as well. Like with the Cali Flanagan's, yep. who's going to be in it. I was a little bit surprised Kayla Friesen was off of it, second round pick yep. last year. Um, I was surprised she was left off of it. So, yeah, no, seemed like a little bit of a local twist there, if you will. It did. I just uh, ref- hit refresh on my browser um, this morning when I looked. MGM, Michaela Grantmentis, was leading the league in points with 17. Uh, she was not leading in goals, but she was leading in assists. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a lot of points today. <laughs> <laughs> she's now leading across the board. She started out to, today leading in points with 17. She's now leading in points with 23. Yep. <laughs> got on the score yeah. sheet. Yeah. So MGM got on the score sheet. Yeah, there's. I guess there's a reason she's the MVP last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she... I would say just from watching the games this weekend, when she is heading up the ice in the neutral zone, she's one of those players that just knows how to calm down the play. Yeah. So she's heading into the zone and... She's she's a confidence player. When she has the puck and she's going into the offensive zone, you're like, oh, okay, we yeah. got it. We're going to have the puck or we're going to get a scoring opportunity. And they, Toronto has that. Yeah. Toronto has that. That's There's no question about it. Yeah, the combo of her and, and Emma Woods, I really oh, like yeah. too. Yeah. Like just, uh, I mean, that team is full of threats, quite honestly. It doesn't matter where you look. Yeah. The <laughs> real the real tilty for this this group is going to be the next series. It's the 22nd where they go against each other. It's yeah. the battle for first because both teams, Toronto's in first, Connecticut's in second, mm-hmm. 11 games played, which is also super interesting because there is an element of, okay, Toronto six, Connecticut whale, 11 games apiece. Yeah. Top two teams. Yeah. Games played for Boston and Minnesota, eight. Mm-hmm. And Riveters and Butte, seven. Yeah, I know. So that's a that's a spread. Well, and it's like, that's a, back to this whole panorama world. Yeah, well, fair, fair, yeah. Like, <laughs> like It's like, you know, one weekend this is postponed and the next weekend that's postponed. and Yeah, because yeah. you got to think that there definitely is, you know, an advantage, right? Like they're they're in the top of the league, I think, from my perspective, because they're the best. Mm-hmm. Right now, what they showed this past weekend, they yeah. are dominant and they have um Elaine Julian Net Toronto. Oh who, my god. She's a monster. She's unbelievable. She's super good. And so for her, she had little background on her. She played with the Toronto Furies and the Van K Rays in the CWHL. So she was playing pro prior to this. Um, number one goaltender at University of Connecticut and gold medal with Team Canada in the U18 World Championships in 2012. She's played some hockey. Yeah, and she's just so... And you know what? That was an interesting thing or interesting point too. So she played yesterday in that 6-1 win mm-hmm. and then she didn't get the start uh, today in Toronto's game and came in for the second period after their... I can't remember her name. Something Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, let in three goals in the first period. And, I mean, you and I have known this for a long time, and there is some tendencies as players to when you've got a goalie that is as good as Elaine Chuli, you have a different level of confidence, mm-hmm. and you naturally play differently. And so I I did like that. So they put uh, Chuli in in the second period, and that kind of calmed things down. But then they put Hoffman back in for the third. Right. Which was which was good. And, and I haven't done enough research on her, quite honestly. But I like that they gave her the net back. You know, calm down. It's all good. 
um, go back to the uh, veteran presence that was a calming piece and then and then went back to Hoffman. So, But, I mean, Elaine Shuley, it'll be fun to see her play her teammates in the All-Star game. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Very true because uh, Woods, MGM's there, D'Arcangelo. Um, it's going to – the the All-Star game is going to be fun. Yeah, it's gonna it be will be fun. interesting. You know what? One other thing that I was going to just <laughs> mention, which um, is an interesting piece on the – watching the TV or watching the the stream. Addie and I were laughing about it actually, which was there so the announcer says on the the stream, oh, judging by the fact that there's a shaggy wasn't me song oh. <laughs> <laughs> playing, we now know that Toronto has a penalty. So if anyone I'm not gonna sing the lyrics on our podcast, <laughs> but if anyone doesn't know the lyrics and the inappropriate nature of the lyrics of Shaggy's Wasn't Me, that is the Toronto Six's penalty song. When they get a penalty, that's what plays. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. That is, I wonder if that was team voted in. We had to have one of them on the show and, and, <laughs> and always tell us right now, where did the it's shaggy got, come it's from? It's gotta be. Like, who else? I died. I was like, I can't be hearing that right. You know, hit the volume button. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm hearing that right. And then later on, the announcer says, yeah, well, judging by the shaggy song. You know where that idea came from? Hmm. Rookie party. <laughs> Get a couple wobbly pops wobbly. in you, and then Shaggy comes on, and they're like, "This is our penalty song." <laughs> oh my gosh! Probably. That is where all good things come from is rookie parties. <laughs> I was gonna say beer or beer rookie beer. parties, <laughs> both, yeah. both, both, because one doesn't go without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're we'll definitely be interested to watch um, next weekend PHF or the twenty second and the twenty third. Uh, weekend series with the Toronto six and the Connecticut whale going head to head, um, riveters and Boston head to head and then Buffalo, um, and Minneapolis or Minnesota whitecaps going head to head. So it'll be good. It'll be good. I would like to see these games even out. I know that the world is too crazy Yeah, I know. and it makes it so hard and unpredictable. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So, but I would like to see those the game start to even out. And I'm sure the players do too. Oh, 100%. Like, if do. I'm looking and, and a team's got, you know, three to five more games than me, I'm yep. like, what What's is up? going on? Yeah, right? exactly. So that would be. It's also hard the way they schedule too, right? Because they're all work weekend yeah. double headers. Right. So, yeah, it, it makes it. And, and with the, the skinny uh, number of teams in the league, it's hard to, it's hard to catch up. Yeah. Would be. Yeah, totally. So, That'll be interesting. And then we also had some pretty big announcements when it comes when it comes to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. We did. And yeah, and in some rosters. some really unique ways. So the US women's national team um was announced. This is we we could have talked about this on the last uh, episode, quite honestly, mm-hmm. but was announced at the Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues Winter Classic game, which was so cool. Unreal. You know, the stuff you saw on on, on social media, Twitter, Instagram of parents who had little girls there and just like, you know, seeing their idols um, in real life at this, you know, pretty prestigious event was awesome. Um, that roster is, of course, as always, super talented. It's got, I, we were doing some digging around there. Hillary Knight is the only player on that team who is going to her fourth Olympics. They've got a handful of players who are going to their third uh Kendall Coyne-Schofield, Brianna Decker, 
Lee Stecklin and Amanda Kessel all going in their third Olympics. They've got eight first-timers, the youngest being 19 years old. Can you believe that? Outrageous. No, No, not even just being young. And this is what, this is, I don't, for me, this makes a difference position-wise, but your youngest player, Mm -hmm. O2, Caroline Harvey, Mm -hmm. defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It's it's just a different feel than a right winger. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're a defense, like you're Harvey. Congratulations! Yeah, that is a big feat. Absolutely, big big feat. She's got a ton of veteran um, presence that is obviously going to be right there with her, like Lee Stecklin. um, You know, Bozak. um, These these women are playing at a really high level. like Yeah, for right? sure, for sure. And then, you know, when you look at the Canadian uh, national team, also did a great job of their announcement, very different than the U.S. Obviously, there's a lot of different rules in Canada than there are in the U.S., so ours was done virtually here. But they did a really good job. I really liked the social media spin they had with the little girls oh. announcing. That was super cool. Uh, MPP, so Marie Philippe Poulin and Rebecca Johnson join that kind of class of Hillary Knight going to their fourth Olympics. Um, 13 players, I think it was 13 players, had been there to win silver in um, 2018. Six players had been there to win gold in 2014. And then just the two had been there to win gold in 2010. So that means there's 10 first-timers on the Canadian roster. Are, was... Are we leaving out Joss? No. The Rock? No, she's in there. She's but she's not going to her fourth. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely incredible. I thought for sure. Um, but it's almost hard because like I'm a little bit of a softie mm-hmm. when they did the little girls skating up, doing the stopping and going like, Emery and Smash Man. I was bawling. I know. What a, what a very creative, unbelievable way to do it. So like, when you think about like, who did it, who did it better? It's really hard for me. Like, and and it's not obviously Uh, not a competition, but for me, I think like it's, it's you're you're on the two biggest teams in women's hockey. Yep. And for me, they both crushed it. Yeah, they, they were they com- like you can, almost can't even compare. No, they were so different, yeah. but both so well done. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I respect the way that both both of them did, and I'm I'm so excited to see like that's eight. So on those two rosters combined, eighteen first time Olympians. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Huge, that's, huge news. That's that's showing the the shift. Yeah. Right? 100%. That's showing yeah. the next yeah. little bit yeah. of what is coming up in in women's hockey because even even when you think all these rookies are coming in they're young, mm-hmm. which means now they're going to fill PWHPA spots, PHF spots, yeah. right? Now the retention of women's hockey players has never been yep. more important yep. because women that did not make these rosters are at the peak of the peak mm-hmm. at the peak. You don't make it to centralization if you're not an incredible athlete. Exactly. Right? Yep. So it's like the retention of not only those players who unfortunately didn't make the roster, 
back into both the PWHPA and the PHF is really important, yeah. as well as these rookies getting right in there and growing the league and the amount of numbers. I like we're seeing a really big shift in women's women's hockey for sure, hundred percent. So it's uh, yeah, the way they announced it was just super. Yeah, super good. Really well done. When you're looking at Hockey Canada, one of the biggest storylines to come out of it for sure was Megan Mickelson uh, not being selected for this year's team. Yeah, and obviously she was coming off of a pretty significant injury. And so, I mean, props to her for all of the efforts that went into even getting to where she got to. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, she put out an interesting post on social media. And, and I think that speaks volumes to her uh, career and her leadership and, and just how much she's learned as a high-level athlete. That she took that, as much as I'm sure that was extremely hard to swallow, she took that as as a personal victory because I don't think anyone around her thought she would have even got to where she got coming mm-hmm. off of injury. So, I, I mean... I do, again, I, I love that we're at a point in hockey where it's that competitive. For a long time, it felt like there was just mainstays. Yeah. And so as much as that, that hurt her, I'm sure, not to be there, I think both Canada and the U.S. are, are poised for some really high-level hockey. And we'll see what happens with her career now, whether she decides to keep going or... Yeah, yeah. Take a take a TSN stint. You know, oh, they always hey. end up kicking around TSN. Yeah. You never know. But yeah, no, there was definitely, um, you know, everybody was looking because at the end of the day, this is the best of the best. Mm-hmm. It is meant to be the yeah. most competitive group going to represent. And we and it and we've talked about this a ton. It's you have to earn your keep every every time yeah. you go. You yeah. have to because there is going to be players that are you know putting in effort every single second of every single day to yeah. make this roster and well and she's had got- an amazing career she got hurt she worked her ass off to get back into it yeah. and it just at the end of the day wasn't enough to compete with and and that's fine that's well and fine, you think of who right? she's competing with like there are some extremely talented the ashton bells aaron ambrose Renata Fass, Claire, or Ella Shelton's, Claire Thompson's. Like, there is, that's that's outside of the Jocelyn the Rocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's an incredible group of young talent. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard for anyone to compete with, never mind coming off of injuries. So, yeah. And so, the from centralization camp, players that were released were Megan Mickelson, Jesse Eldridge, Jamie Bordenay. Victoria Bach, Julia Gosling, and Kristen O'Neill. So to be honest, I am going to really be watching Mm -hmm. what these women are going to be doing because I think it's important to show for them like what they do next. Yeah. What they do next. You not making the roster, heartbreaking. Yep. Heartbreaking. For sure. You are still an unbelievable hockey player. 100%. I, we still want to watch you. Yeah. If <laughs> you need, if you need to remember you. how good you are, you can yeah. come hang out at an ODR with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play one-on-one and... Uh, yeah, you'll boost your confidence. Yeah, right back up. <laughs> the one thing, too, about Hockey Canada this year is their 
goaltending because we always go back and forth for, um, you know, goalies, especially when we look at it's essentially a battle between six goalies, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Nicole Hensley, Alex Calvini, and Maddie Rooney yeah. for yep. USA, US. yeah. right? Who Maddie Rooney just stole the show last year. Unbelievable. And then we have Kristen Campbell, Emirates Mashmeyer, and, and Renee Desbian. So it's like those six women mm-hmm. are incredible goalies. Yeah. Like when you think, okay, like there's not, there's not one side of the coin that I look at where I'm like, okay, like, well, USA has got goaltending this year. Like it is so competitive in the net that it's crazy. Yeah. And it, it, uh, gives you a lot of confidence if you're a player standing in front of them because option A, option B or option C are all phenomenal yeah they're all like (laughs) on both sides Canada and the U.S. yeah so that's going to be really interesting to see them compete for you know their games yeah to see them compete for where they're where they're playing and yeah and short short tournaments like that you know it's it has the tendency for if someone you kind of lose the net yeah if you're a goalie yeah right if you have kind of a rough go and you're you get you're coming out of the net. It's hard in a lot of those short term tournaments to get back in the net. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it because you're you're right. You you got to earn, earn, earn your keep. Mm-hmm. No question there. But like even when you're looking at USA's roster, Amanda Kessel, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, uh, Hillary Knight, Hannah Brandt, like Brianna Decker, Abby Rourke. Yeah, like it, what? What? <laughs> I know. This is, in, this is insane. Yeah. And the one one underrated player who I loved during the rivalry series was Kayla Barnes. Yeah. The D. Yeah. I remember texting you about her. I was like, this this woman does not make a mistake. Yeah. She <laughs> she was absolutely incredible. And what about was her name uh, Abby Murphy? Abby Murphy. Remember she was like a bull in a china game. Oh my oh, gosh. I, and that's like I love watching that kind of hockey. So, oh yeah, no. She is like, she is like 110% everywhere on the ice. Like, doesn't matter if that means slamming into the boards or not. Like 110%. She went. She was super fun to watch. Full tilty. Yeah. So that brings me to a point that I was thinking about when I was going through the roster too, because obviously Sarah Fillier from Princeton University and Emma Maltese from Ohio State University Mm -hmm. are the only two players on Team Canada that are not a part. Oh, Mm -hmm. and Ashton Ashton Bell, Bell. sorry, of Duluth are not a part of the PWHPA. So Duluth, Ohio, and Princeton mm-hmm. all have Team Canada ranked national athletes, mm-hmm. which is absolutely insane. And mm-hmm. Troy Ryan in the press conference when the team was announced, it was Gina Kingsbury, Troy Ryan, uh, Mary Philip Plan, and Sarah Fillier who did the press conference after. Yep. And he said that, you know, losing those last three games of the rivalry series wasn't that big of a deal because they felt very confident in who they had already. And I found that a very interesting statement. Um, and and so... What did you think he was going to say, though? Well, you know, valid. Like, like, valid. It's like, going to be like, well, we came out of their shit in our pants. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> That's valid. But in the, because I, th- I genuinely believe that Emma Maltese earned her spot yeah. in that last yeah, game. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I know. You I, do. Yeah. I would say that an Ohio State athlete 
of course, she's in the mix, no question. She was unstoppable mm-hmm. that game. Yeah. She made it, she made herself known in that game. Yeah. So when you're looking between somebody who got released, like a Victoria Bach, mm-hmm. over somebody that made it, like an Emma Maltese, I think she earned her spot in that last game. Uh, I yeah. I genuinely believe that just the way that she was playing, her compete, her forecheck, her back, her back pressure was the 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 best of the game. No question. She was yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so that's why I was I when he said that I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, a little seems a little sus. Yeah, no, no <laughs> kidding. So, but obviously you're bang on. Like, what is he gonna say? Yeah, well, like, I mean, yeah. We we were iffy on a few, so we yeah. had to like you can't say yeah. that. I get that. But that I uh Emma Malti, she just caught my eye. I thought she was incredible in that I, last game. I and, do and love earned like, her spot. Yeah, your enthusiasm, like you find a player. Like I admire your <laughs> your personal enthusiasm when you are onto it. It's like back to the court. You manage like when you're onto it. Yeah, I. They are the cake. Yeah, I'm. I was dialed. I in. know you. I was dialed. In. I love that. It was. It was an. No brainer to me that she she earned her spot in that game. So it's going to be super exciting to watch these two teams go head to head during the Olympics. We are also going to be keeping people up to date during mm-hmm. the Olympics. Yes, we are. We're working out our our strategy to stay on top of things that are happening and to try and make sure that we bring more content throughout the course of the Olympics so that beauties can become a place for people to check in and uh, get a little snippet here and there of what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. During, you know, that day, especially being overseas and time frames and, and time zones affecting the accessibility of watching uh, the Olympics. So yeah, it's going to be, it's coming up quick. It's coming up fast. There's going to be so, uh, so many sports that aren't, and we, and we were actually chatting about this today. Just the mainstream, the sports that aren't on the mainstream. Yeah. Like, we want to showcase what is going on at the Olympics yeah. for everybody. So please keep an eye out for that. We will be releasing things as they come. We are in it. Beauty sports. We want to be a part of the whole thing. Um, Cowie. That flew by. It did. We're at 58 minutes. <laughs> that flew by. So if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at Beauty Sports Talk and Instagram and Twitter and Cowie's TikTok <laughs> and YouTube at Beauty Sports across the board for all of them. And if you want to follow us personally at Cowie14. And uh, I'm somewhere in the universe of <laughs> social media. Um, but yeah, it it means a lot if you would go on, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. We want to hear from you. We've got some voicemails we still have to get to, which is great, but we we appreciate it. We ran out it. of time today, but uh, yeah, our voicemail is speakpipe.com slash beauty sports. It's super easy. You can open up your phone. It's essentially like leaving a voice message uh, on your phone. So it uploads to us, comes to our Gmail, and then we can add you to the show. Yep. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cowie, final words. 
Same as always, thanks for coming back. This is your first episode. You've got some catching up to do because we are on episode <laughs> eight. Uh, appreciate everyone taking the time to listen, support, um, send us DMs and text messages. Uh, it's been a slice. So thanks for all the love. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.